Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Utah Weekly Forum, a public affairs show dedicated to learning more about the issues affecting our lives and health and exploring the resources available in our diverse communities to help. Here's your host, Rebecca Cressman. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. And a number of years ago, I became uh, familiar with an organization that I thought was doing such great work for parents, for children, and our community. It's called Intermountain Healing Hearts. Today, joining us is Melissa Andrew. She's the executive director of Intermountain Healing Hearts. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you guys have done so much good. So it's just my pleasure. We also have one of your board members and actually a current president of Intermountain Healing Hearts, Alex Howard, with us. Alex, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. All right. Now, I know that as we look at the calendar, there is a big event that is happening on September 9th, and it's called the Walk for Healing Hearts. So let's first talk about that event, and then let's talk about what Intermountain Healing Hearts do. Um, first, Melissa, tell us a bit about the Walk for Healing Hearts. All right. So our walk is on September 9th, like you said, and it will be held in Sandy, Utah, at Flatiron Mesa Park, and it is our big event for the community to raise awareness for congenital heart defects and for people to mingle and uh, also raise funds for the organization. So we have a walk that starts about 10 o'clock in the morning, and there are t-shirts and games and a silent auction, and it's a lot of fun. And when you talk about it's a chance for everybody to come together, parents and and children, uh, you know, Alex, is that um, kind of a crucial component to having a community event like this walk? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was uh, the first event I attended when I became a member of uh, Intermountain Healing Hearts. And it really brought me together and it showed me that there is a community for people that are affected by um CHDs or sorry, congenital heart defects and child onset heart uh, disease. So it's just, you know, something that's very true and, and meaningful to my heart just because we are able to get together and, and see everybody. Well, and, and we're going to talk again about um, the, the journey that you both have been on over the years as parents and as advocates and supporters of other uh, parents and children who are experiencing this. But during the walk, the Walk for Healing Hearts, which you mentioned is in Sandy at Flatiron Mesa Park on September 9th, there's also going to be carnival games and, and kind of fun <laughs> things, right? But there'll be an angel remembrance um, ceremony as well. Uh, Melissa, yeah, that is, Alex, go ahead. I, yeah, that's correct. You know, um, we have games. We just get together and let the kids play games. And then um, a big part of our group is that angel angel ceremony because, you know, not every kid is with us anymore. And it just helps us remember those um, that are 
not with us anymore. Right. And and I would imagine for those family members who have um, lost a child, a sibling or a child to um, a heart defect or heart disease, seeing that there are other parents and family that have been on similar journeys, that's got to be really um, an important part of healing too. Melissa, do you see that? Absolutely. Um, as a parent uh, who has had a child pass away, you often feel like your child is forgotten. And so this is a great opportunity that we can recognize and honor them and kind of share a moment together um, as a whole entire group. Because once you are part of this heart community, you are always part of this heart community because everyone's journey is different. And we generally have a butterfly release, which is very touching and meaningful and very, very healing. Mm. And and appreciate you sharing that with us, Melissa. When we think about our children, they're already vulnerable. And, and then when you have children that are struggling with a serious heart condition or heart defect, there's even more emotion to that entire parenting experience. So my heart um, goes out to you, Melissa. Uh, you can register for the Walk for Healing Hearts online at intermountainhealinghearts.org. That's intermountainhealinghearts.org. It's $15. You can donate and support. And I believe there'll be a lot of us who want to support you when we start talking about the awareness and support that your organization provides. So let's talk about awareness. Um, Melissa, when did you become much more aware of congenital heart defects? Was it when your child was born? So I actually, my mother has a heart defect. And so it has always been part of my life. Mm. Uh, my mom had her defect repaired when I was a newborn, and now she is 100% reliant on her pacemaker. Uh, so then with my first pregnancy, when we found out my daughter had a critical heart defect, it was a surprise and threw me in that world uh, as a parent, you know, dealing with surgeries and transplant and all of those things. And you went through, uh, how long ago was this, by the way? So my daughter was born in 2001, so quite a while ago, and medical advances have, you know, we've seen that a lot uh, up at Primary Children's. Right, and and so at that point, Melissa, when your daughter was going through the multiple surgeries, and your family goes through it as well, I had a a child who was chronically ill and and in and out of cardiothoracic surgery. As a young one, the whole family goes through this. Did you find that there was information and support for you as a parent? Um, you know, back then it was a, a different world. It wasn't everything at your fingertips online as it is now. So you were a lot more isolated uh, and it was harder to connect with other families. And it, I didn't know anybody whose child had a similar defect to my daughter's. But now I know lots and lots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because of all the years of, of your leadership and service with Inner Mountain Healing Hearts. Alex, do you mind sharing with us uh, your experience with a child with a heart defect or heart condition? Yeah. Um, so, and my wife, it was our first pregnancy, and my son, we found out we were having a boy, and during that 20 uh, week ultrasound, they found some complications with his heart. 
uh, I didn't know anything about what a congenital heart defect was or or how much they can affect kids and how prevalent they are. Um, so during that experience, you know, at 20 weeks, moving forward from there, it was kind of like a whirlwind of having to go through all the doctor's appointments that, you know, have continued on throughout his whole life. And um, through some of those appointments, we were introduced through to Intermountain Healing Hearts um, because of what they have done with uh, the primary children is they've been able to help those that are able, you know, that find out that they have these problems and it just opens up to a community that shows that we, that, you know, they care about each other and they're there for you no matter when you find out or how you find out. So um, my son was born in 2017 and then he's been, um, he's had a couple different surgeries and he's just, you know, going through life and we're just living life as a THD family. And, and, and even so, does that mean he's on particular medication and watched more carefully? Uh, yes. We go to the cardiologist uh, once a year right now. He may have to go uh, more as he gets bigger because he's waiting for a pacemaker. Uh, he also has some other health uh, problems that have that led to um, his CHD, so they're having to monitor, monitor those. But as far as medications, we're on um, just a daily dose of amoxicillin because he doesn't have a functioning spleen um, due to his other condition. That so we've we've walked out that way, and not have to have cabinetfuls of of medicines. But you know, other than that, you know, just the one, we're we're pretty good. Uh, and I was trying to remember how broad of a spectrum amoxicillin is, but for those who haven't had a child who is at greater risk, often they will use daily antibiotics to prevent the development of of infection, um, you know, in that child's body. Um, well, um, Alex, my heart goes out to you. I want to talk a little bit and follow Thank up. You. Yeah, um, follow up with what you said about the outreach that Intermountain Healing Hearts does at Primary Children's Hospital. So, Melissa, can you uh, explain and, and talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. In the past, we were able to go in and visit with families for the Family to Family Cardiology Program. Unfortunately, that still hasn't gotten back up and running since uh, 2020. So we are still working on re-implementing that program or something similar to be able to reach families. And so, in other words, a family would be uh, at the hospital, they would be given a diagnosis, and then they would be connected to Intermountain Healing Hearts? Is that, how did that work? Um, it really kind of depends on if the family finds out about the child's defects before the child is born or if they're finding everything out after birth and while they're up at the hospital. So if they are pre-diagnosed, then they have a little bit more time to prepare and they are given information about intermountain healing hearts. Um, if it is a surprise, it is all a surprise. Yeah. Well, can, can we talk about how common, how common is con, are, are congenital heart defects? How common is it for parents to exp- uh, to experience what you and Alex um, have experienced? So right now it's about one in 100 births has some sort of CHD. Now only about one per- or 25% of those uh, births are considered critical CHDs. So that means they require 
uh, surgery or some sort of evasive procedure within that first year of life. Okay, where the other 80% will just be monitored without having to have some kind of intervention right away. Absolutely. Wow. So, um, you know, here's that kind of loaded question. I'll ask it to both you and Alex. So, Alex, did you study cardiology in college? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Or medicine. So talk to us about how much there is to learn when you have a child with special medical needs. There is... uh... Not enough books for parents to teach that. Luckily, I have a wife that she studied um, medical terminology. You know, she was a CNA and, and an MA, so she had some of that medical background and has been able to explain it to me. Uh, but other than that, like I, I, I didn't really know what to expect. But you know, I sat in that appointment, looked dumbfounded, like what's going on. Um, but being able to just have appreciation for those that do study that stuff has, has been great. And then being able to dumb it down to somebody that doesn't understand has been even more helpful. So it's, you know, reaching out to the families has, was a big part of that. And Melissa has been there with us. You know, I've known Melissa since the whole time. So it's, she's been a big resource for us as well as some of the other executive directors um, on the board that, you know, we've become good friends with and they've helped us through this. Right. It it can um, sometimes feel like it's a deep dive, a PhD that nobody signed up for. And you, you learn the doors and the windows keep opening and it's all happening at a time when you are tired and you're emotional and you feel vulnerable as a parent. So there's a lot of things that are going on. Melissa, you have a lot of experience. Talk to us a little bit about the support angle, why it's so important to have people who've had experience like you have be able to communicate and reach out to those who are new in the journey. I think the biggest thing is that you feel so isolated and you feel so alone. It is so great to be able to talk to somebody who knows the acronyms and the things that you're talking about and to be able to help and be a sounding board. Um, I will say in, in 2020, we found out that my youngest child also has a heart defect. So he was 10 at the time and he was like, okay, I'm already part of the heart world. Not really a big deal. He was very comfortable with what was going on with his body because he grew up in this world. Right. And he knew the he understood a little bit more internally than any other child typically his age would. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And he has friends who are in similar situations already. So. Yeah, that that is interesting. Tell me about, you know, we talked about um, congenital heart defects. Um, the, a new term for me is childhood onset heart disease. Uh, Alex or Melissa, you want to talk with me a little bit about what that is? Yeah, I can do that. Um, so not every child is born with something going on with their heart that is, you know, a little wonky. Childhood onset heart disease can be caused by a virus or other medical conditions that happen to attack the heart. So when it happens in a child, um, that is what childhood onset heart disease is. And it can lead to needing a transplant. Okay. And and is trans are transplants transplants 
safer now than they were in the past when you're when you're approaching that and talking about it with families is there more hope infused because i know intermountain healthcare has done so many more uh transplants in recent years right and i think awareness is key it is something that you know families and parents should talk about in advance you know is this something we would want to do should anything happen uh i know Worldwide, there are only about five to between five and six hundred pediatric transplants performed every year, but there clearly are more uh, kids waiting for transplants. And so, getting that awareness out um, and talking about it is key. There have been a lot of advances, and there is a study that uh, Intermountain Healing Hearts helps fund uh, that is studying. Uh, some of the side effects of transplants and heart surgeries and trying to figure out, you know, why they're having these problems. So well, let's, let's, we like being involved in that research. Yeah, so let's talk about that. How did Intermountain Healing Hearts become a part of that research? Uh, one of the cardiologists at Primary Children's Hospital reached out uh, about helping fund uh, this project. And it isn't just at Primary Children's. It is, I think, about six different pediatric hospitals throughout the U.S. that they are gathering this information at. And they're looking to see what the experience of a family and a patient has through the heart transplant, whether it's continual checkups, the impact of that on the family's life or the child's life or the just kind of a a, a wider perspective. Is that what I am I understanding Uh, that correctly? So they are specifically studying a specific uh, complication called chylothorax. And so they are trying to pinpoint, like, are there common denominators for which children are getting it and which ones aren't? And kind of why that problem is happening. Mm-hmm. And then they can reach out to those with an Intermountain Healing Hearts and, and be a part of that. That It's fascinating. You were talking um, about what it was like for you. And for those who have just joined us, this is Melissa Andrew and Alex Howard. Melissa is the executive director of the organization. It's a nonprofit called Intermountain Healing Hearts. Alex Howard is the president of the organization. And its whole goal is to raise awareness and support of uh, childhood congenital heart defects and childhood onset heart disease and help those families get the support and information uh, that they need. But it was, uh, you're making me think a little bit about what it was like for my son who, uh, when he went through cardiothoracic uh, surgery and, and, um, you know, having to miss school for large amounts of time and, and uh, having to rebuild and learn to walk again and uh, all of those things. When he ended up having one of his dearest friends at school, uh, uh, he was his friend was placed on the heart transplant list and uh, and he ended up his friend not needing to have the transplant at this time in his life. But it was so interesting to see my son who had kind of healed then, you know, go over to his other friend, lift up his shirt and say, here are the scars. Here's where the tubes were. Here's the the heart shaped pillow they gave me to hold on to when I would cough. Here's and, and then this experience that this one child had had and to give it to another. And um, I thought that was just as powerful as the support that parents can receive. That it's important for kids. And let's talk a little bit about that. Alex, are, are you seeing in the organization that it's important for children to meet other children who have congenital heart defects or heart disease so that they're feeling less alone? 
Oh yeah, um, I definitely see that because you know my son has kids he can go up to and be like, hey, like you mentioned, like here's my scar. Let me, you know, kind of let me see yours. And uh, we had heart camp uh, a couple weeks ago, and you definitely see that uh, community with the kids because they have something they can relate to, and that's a big part of it. It's not just for the parents it's for the kids because they need that support just as much as we do uh and maybe even more because they're the ones going through it and you can definitely tell you know hey he's like me compared to other kids at school that aren't like him mm-hmm. he has uh an immediate way to connect with somebody yeah that's it's absolutely beautiful uh melissa i wanted to ask a little bit more because alex just brought up heart camp now we began this interview and we have about five minutes left together we began this interview talking about an event that everyone can participate in either in person or virtually and it's the intermountain healing hearts walk that is happening um september 9th in sandy at is it flat iron park yes Okay. It is. And you can register very affordably at intermountainhealinghearts.org. But Alex mentioned heart camp. So what are other type of community events does Intermountain Healing Hearts provide? Uh, so other community events, we have had a gala in the past. A lot of our events for the community are our big fundraising events, our big awareness events. And then for the members of the organization, we have like different summer parties. We have symposiums when there is new uh, medical information to get out to families. We have heart camps, which is a great place for families to be able to have an experience. Some of these kids are in wheelchairs and feeding tubes. They don't get to have that experience, but they can with Intermountain Healing Hearts. And we have a birthday party every year uh, for the organization, which is a really fun event. And then towards the end of the year, Intermountain Healing Heart sponsors a family grant to help pay for medical bills, funeral costs, that sort of thing. Wow, that is pretty extraordinary. And how long has Intermountain Healing Hearts uh, been active? Uh, Intermountain Healing Hearts is turning 16 this year, if you can believe it. <laughs> it's uh, old enough to get its own driver's license, right? That's right. But it's, it's, it's fantastic to see how many ways this organization has grown and, and the volunteer efforts and the, and the efforts that both of you, Alex and Melissa, have made are incredible. I've included information online or uh, about how you can register online to at intermountainhealinghearts.org. But when you go there, you can also get just like Melissa was talking about the latest medical information that you have symposiums, you have news. So you kind of collate that together, right? Where this can be a resource for information for parents as well. Absolutely. With the improvements in medical technology, we actually have, uh, they estimate about the same number of adults living in the United States with uh, congenital heart defects as there are children. So that is, a, a big step for yes. this group. Yes, it is. And and it's big, beautiful progress that can give hope. We always want to hold on to that. So for those of you who want to learn more about how you can help or learn from Intermountain Healing Hearts, uh, the website is intermountainhealinghearts.org. You'll find all kinds of helpful tabs you can click on to get more information. And it's just amazing, uh, Alex. I don't know how often, in because you're, you're in a position of leadership, but it's... 
it feels to me like every month or so I will meet someone who has a child who has some type of heart defect. And maybe it's just my circle, but it's when you do meet someone who is going through this, it's so helpful to be able to say, did you know there's an organization for you? Uh, Alex, are you finding that kind of that sense of now that you're aware of that world, how much more prevalent it is for people? Yeah, definitely. Like, it's amazing that you find people that didn't know about the organization or you find out that they're members or they have an understanding about it too. You know, you never know who you're going to run into and, or, you know, they know somebody, you're talking to somebody and they're like, oh, my nephew or my cousin has a heart defect. And then you're able to draw that connection and it just becomes a whole new community that, you know, I would have never been a part of with, you know, if it wasn't for my son and, and what Intermountain Healing Hearts has done for, for me and my family. Well, that's beautiful and, and that you're giving back to as the president as well. Alex, thank you so much for joining us and Melissa for both of you for shining more, more light and more information and creating more awareness on, on children's health with Intermountain Healing Hearts. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. Thank, thank you, you for so having much. us. Utah Weekly Forum is produced by KSFI FM 100.3 in Salt Lake City, a Bonneville International Station. Subscribe to the Utah Weekly Forum podcast online and email us at Rebecca at FM100.com. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.